Welcome to Lessons Over Losses, the male mental health podcast. Join us on the journey of creating a world of undefeated gentlemen. Welcome, welcome everyone to the Lessons Over Losses podcast. Here we are. It seems like we've been on a bit of a hiatus and we apologize for such. Three of us have been swamped and we've been just kicking butt in all other areas and sometimes our personal life, actually not sometimes, our personal life uh, just takes precedence sometimes. And I said sometimes, never mind. Ugh, that's so weird. Anyways. Uh, you know, JB was feeling a little sick. I know Travis feeling under the weather. Uh, it sounds like you two are feeling better. Yeah. Yeah. Thankfully, man. Uh, glad I didn't, it wasn't COVID. Um, thankfully I was able to get over it relatively quickly. Back up and kicking. Sweet. How you feeling, Trav? Yeah, I feel pretty good. I actually think it was pretty much just the stress and the pressure of life itself, mm. uh, had me down. I feel but COVID related. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that just seems to be the the go-to question these days. If everyone's feeling ill or under the weather, is it COVID-related? And uh, Trav, I hope everything's good. It sounds like you're doing some stress, and maybe that induced some of your physical symptoms, you know, pretty psychosomatic. And, and then, yeah, I was, I was going through a bunch of stuff too, and uh, the three of us got together a couple weeks ago and just hashed things out and felt like we all weren't in the right space. You know, I wasn't in the right mental space, but... Uh, you know, here we are. I'm glad to be back. And for the listeners, you know, our goal is to come on and, and record something for everyone every two weeks. You know, we're we're hoping to do a bi-weekly release of episodes. Uh, so this one took a little bit of time, uh, you know, from our last episode. But uh, I can uh, honestly feel much more confident that this is a work material and a level material as opposed to what would have been recorded a couple weeks ago. And this is going to be a fun topic. I'm really excited for this one. Recently, in the news, if everyone's been following the Olympics and so on and so forth, uh, if it just feel like athletes are coming out to speak about mental health. And for us, that's, that's an encouraging, uh, event to take place. It's an encouraging movement. Uh, but it isn't always encouraging. There's always some backlash. There's always some, some negative reactions to it. And we just felt like it was it was so heavy in our heads because we were talking about it together in our little group chat that this was something that would make for a great episode. So, uh, you know, JB and myself, we're big sports fans, right? Bay Area sports fans. Yeah, JB. Oh, yeah. Big time. Um, and I, I really appreciate the fact that we're able to talk about something like this because the fact that sports and mental health are becoming so intertwined is a really, it's a really amazing thing because as we've seen in the past with a lot of social justice movements tied to sports, there's been major backlash and it's unfortunate because a lot of these, a lot of these athletes want to speak their mind. They have valuable and genuine and um, just good hearted intentions and they're just shot down and antagonized by these people that really just probably don't understand and are ignorant. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's fun. I mean, it's, it's, it's encouraging, like I said, to get some backup from athletes and the pro sports world and the pro sports community. Uh, it's also good for us to just dig deep. So, you know, we won't spend too much on getting in the nuances of sports in the nuances of, of the athlete. Uh, Cause then we'd be, we'd be leaving Travis completely isolated from this conversation. Um, but whether it's about sports, whether it's about music, whether it's about whatever industry it is, the mental health aspect behind it is something we can all talk about. And that's what I'm really excited for. So uh, you guys ready to do this? Let's do it. All right. Uh, let's do a little quick rundown for those who weren't really following along, uh, maybe just weren't uh, seeing it pop up in the newsfeed. But uh, there's been you know, some pretty good events out there, pretty good moments of, of mental health and sports. So uh, JB, you want to throw out a couple at us? 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, tying back into what we were talking about earlier, being big Bay Area sports fans, it was actually really encouraging over the past couple of weeks to see two Raiders athletes, um, one being Carl Nassib and the other being Darren Waller, highlight some really uh, amazing facts about their lives. First off, Carl Nassib uh, came out as an openly gay man, and although his video in which he shared this information, he noted that he didn't feel like this had to be such a big deal. He also highlighted the fact that he understands his impact and the fact that there is importance tied to this. And I really deeply admire him for doing something like that because I know a lot of people struggle with that, with not being able to come out for whatever reason that may be. Um, I also really want to highlight Darren Waller, four years of being sober. That's an incredible, incredible milestone um, for somebody that has worked very closely and has per, have, have I have personal relationships with people that struggle with substance abuse. It's really encouraging to see somebody take the spotlight, admit that they struggled with something in the past, but have ultimately overcome it. And I think that's just such a beautiful and amazing journey. And I'm really happy that you shared. Yeah, absolutely. And first and foremost, JB, I have to clarify. I, I, I just, you know, I want everyone, I want you to clarify. You are not a Raiders fan. That's correct. Absolutely not. I hate the Raiders. I'm a huge San Francisco 49ers fan. Okay. Um, we could talk football all day, but I ob- obviously know that this is not the time or place for that. I'm just really happy in general because as a human being, seeing two athletes come forward and talk about these things, it, it, it just doesn't happen often. And for that reason, and mainly that reason alone, I don't care what team they play for. You know, the fact that they're doing it is great. I just, I just wanted to, I just wanted to set the record straight. JB is not a Raiders fan, and they're not really a part of the Bay Area anymore. But we still very much. Yeah, don't send me any Raiders gear. Don't send me anything, please, people. I will burn it. But very much, uh, these two examples are really, really cool. And I want us to actually comment on this. I know we didn't really originally plan to comment on this, but the reason I think it's really cool is because these two examples, you have Carl Nassib who came out, uh, you know, as gay and Darren Waller celebrating his four years now of sobriety. Now, I think one thing we kind of don't really talk about in the mental health community is, you know, your orientation, um, who you choose to love shouldn't be a mental health issue. It, it really shouldn't. So uh, some people might be listening like, well, why are we even bringing this up? Like it's not a mental health issue. We'll assume loves, but, but the, the publicity and going out public and expressing that it very much becomes down to, it, it very much becomes a mental health issue in the end because of the partial backlash and, or sometimes really heavy backlash that you get and the courage it takes. Do you guys feel me on that when I say that? Absolutely. And just to take it one step further, substance abuse is absolutely a mental health scenario. It's absolutely tied in with mental health. Not only does it change the chemicals within the brain, it reconstructs the brain to prioritize the substance that you're addicted to. It also creates lasting psychosocial and health impacts. Everything about it can be tied back to mental health and the effects that it has on that. Sure. So I absolutely, I absolutely think that these are both tied to the mental health. Yeah, that's what I was going to say next. Is sometimes uh, our society gets gets substance use, uh, the the image around substance use incorrect too. We just think it's a, a a sign of weakness or or a sign of like lack of resiliency or something. But it's very much tied to mental health related problems. So. I appreciate that, JB. And you know, I, you know, our Instagram page. So I wanted to throw out a few too that, you know, I've had on my radar. And over the past few months, I've just been screenshotting and saving moments where uh, you know athletes speak about mental health. And I, I want to say, like, a few months ago, I wasn't even screenshotting those things because I knew we were going to talk about it for an episode of this podcast. It was just actually very helpful for me. Um, I love sports. I play sports. I follow sports. And sometimes it's nice to see another athlete uh, vocalize their mental health struggles. But, you know, we had, you know, uh, folks with bipolar stand up and speak out about being a bipolar athlete. We had athletes come out and talk about, I have a therapist and it's not something I should be ashamed of. You know, I had 
Dak Prescott, uh, who I'll talk about again later too, um, but he lost a family member to mental health related issues and he has been very vocal about it. And, and so uh, those, I think those are just really cool examples and there's plenty more examples out there, but those were the ones that were on our radar. Um, so I know we're getting a little sports heavy. Trav, are you feeling inclusive in this conversation right now? Or we feel, are, are you feeling included or are we leaving you out? Yes, I, uh, I do feel included actually. You know, one of the things that I did um, that caught my attention over the past few weeks or maybe a month or a few weeks uh, would be uh, Simone Biles and Naomi Osaka um, with the backlash that, well, the support in the backlash they were receiving with um, either pulling out of a tournament or choosing not to compete in the Olympics um, for mental health issues. Um, that definitely stood out to me, um, as well as uh, I feel the world, because they were, in that time, I think they were bringing more attention to the mental health for athletes. And it was some people were supporting it, but some couldn't see the bigger picture that they were stepping down um, to take care of them. Like, it wasn't about the title it wasn't about bringing you know this medal back to the usa at this point it's about my mental health um so i did that that did uh yeah th those two current events i did notice and did stick with me and no for sure i appreciate bringing that up that's you know we could that's probably where our conversation is going to head because those were pretty big it dominated the news cycle it dominated social media it was trending everywhere so just so everyone's fully caught up to speed if if they aren't already simone biles correct me if i'm wrong i wasn't following the olympics heavily she dropped out uh, simone biles is probably the goat of gymnastics at this point uh it's i don't think it's debated anymore but she pulled out of the olympic competition and she cited mental health reasons am i reading that correctly or am i missing any details on that no correct you're correct sweet and we had just talked about naomi Osaka doing the same thing before so you know she did this and she got some support i saw michael phelps go out in her support uh and michael phelps is the goat also uh in his in his sport as well uh, as as olympian olympic swimmer uh and he's been a pretty big mental health advocate over the over the years. I've seen some commercials on TV uh, of him, uh, either with Talkspace or BetterHelp, one of those one of those platforms. But what else did we receive from the community? What kind of things did what kind of support did did Simone Biles get? Well, first and foremost, I think that the most important forms that of support that she received, and really the only ones that matter, were from first her parents and her family. They supported her, and that's realistically, at the end of the day, all that matters. And then beyond that, her teammates supported her, you know, the people closest to her. So her inner circle really did support her. You know that they love her. You know that what she was going through, they felt empathy for and wanted to support her no matter what. And ultimately, the the United States team still came through with a ton of with with a, with a ton of medals. And I just want to go one step further and say that the backlash the people that had any negative opinions towards Simone Biles for doing this can kick rocks like it's it's awful because these people are saying oh she's not a patriot right oh she's you know prioritizing herself she's glamorizing you know and trying to just step into the spotlight and make it all about her first off she is a way bigger patriot than anybody providing backlash tell me how many olympic gold medals you've won for the united states and beyond that if you look at the fact that she's going out there in the public and being so vulnerable, do you really think she's doing it to make it like self-fulfilling about her? No, it's to highlight the cause in a vulnerable moment because she knows the impact that she has on the people around her and the greater world itself. So the people that really, that small, tiny minority that thinks they have a big voice, it's just terrible. Like this woman, this she, this young woman, she was sexually abused by former U.S. gymnastics co uh, 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 trainer or physician uh, Larry Nasser, I believe his name was. And beyond that, the trauma and the um, the scarring that you develop uh, from something like that is so tremendous and significant. So for her to be able to pull through 
and be able to still dominate in U.S. gymnastics and world gymnastics at that, she's, she is tougher and braver than any chump that's online spouting off the, t- off, the, off the top of their head thinking that they're much more patriotic than this woman. Like She is a shining example, a role model to what – uh, uh, what human being? What 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 we, what we should look towards? I don't know. Rant over. No, Jason, I do agree with you. Um, she is a role model. In fact, I I remember when uh, this first came out, I was reading something from Time, and they stated that that she made more athletes at the Olympics be more comfortable with and sharing that they were experiencing uh, some type of mental challenge. Um, I'm almost sure the article from Time stated that. Um, the the therapist or the psychologist that was there with uh, the Team USA, they received an influx of calls around that time. And some had to do, uh, it was reported that some of them were reporting mental issues or challenges due to the strict restrictions with the whole COVID and uh, having to be quarantined, the whole quarantine thing. And it was just various reasons. So um, I do feel like she's a role model because, again, her stepping up and expressing that she was not in the best mental state to compete made a lot of the athletes there be more comfortable with uh, expressing that they weren't feeling the best or even just seeking some side, some sort of help. I mean, obviously, I, I, it sounds like all three of us are in agreement here. Backlash towards Simone Biles, backlash towards Naomi Osaka is just like so out of bounds. And I'm feeling the energy right now. It's just like, you know what's you know what's really silly about this? is that COVID, the past year and a half we've been dealing this, has kind of put mental health under a magnifying glass. And we started seeing how mental health can can um, be expressed, right? How, how issues of domestic violence, just the fact that you're in a home with your partner for 40 more hours per week than you were before can lead to more domestic violence, how you're seeing your kid more often can lead to more abuse how alcoholism went up and all kinds of stuff. And so everyone around the country is like, yeah, mental health. Yeah, this, like, you know, let's, we got to get, we got to worry about the mental health of everyone in the country and blah, blah, blah. And then an athlete comes out and talks about mental health. And we kind of just, a lot of folks just throw that out the window, like, oh, mental health. Yeah. When we were talking about it, it was applying to us. Doesn't apply to you all. You should be still competing. So yeah, it's just like, Simone Biles definitely doesn't deserve any of the backlash that she gets. Um, she got some from like Piers Morgan. I don't know if you guys listen to him. He called her like unpatriotic or something like that. And she was called weak. She was called like selfish. You know what I mean? And it just makes me wonder like, why, why is this? Why, why? Like for as, as much as I would like to believe mental health has come a long way, this could have been one of those prime moments. This could have been one of the most pivotal moments in like mental health history of like athletes speaking out about mental health and receiving support unanimously, universally, but it wasn't. So why the heck are we here? Well, I think in general, it's just because everybody has the opportunity to have their own soapbox moment, you know, when they stand on a soapbox, because the fact that the internet provides people with the opportunity to spout their opinion unfiltered and it can reach a large audience very quickly. What it does. And I mean, we're, we're, we're just as much a part of it as, you know, as they are, you know, we're coming from a different angle, a different perspective, but we're also using the exact same platforms to share our opinions. What's unfortunate, I think is that these people come from a place of ignorance or just, uh, an uneducated opinion, right? Too many people are afraid to just say, I don't know. You know, I don't know. Do you have the answer? I'll listen to you if you have it. If not, like, let's look for it, right? They just, they're not willing to do that. So they come up with something that they think is firebrand that's going to make them, you know, that much more popular on, 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 you know, the news and, you know, on social media and whatnot. It reminds me of, um, an example, I don't know if you guys remember uh, when LeBron James was speaking out about racial equity and social justice, and there was a, I believe, Fox um, uh, reporter or you journalist. Laura Ingram. Laura Ingram. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. And 
it was the Ingram angle or whatnot. And she was, I guess, so offended, you know, typical Karen moment where she, 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 she says something like, you know, he should just shut up and dribble, you know, a, a guy that has a platform that reaches millions that grew up single mother next to nothing. Right. And just pure heart and skill and talent and just the drive and motivation has led him to the stardom he has now. And now he's doing great things back in Ohio and, you know, across the globe, really for her to, to, to come out and just say this, you know, and I, I have to assume, I'm sorry that she comes from a very privileged background. Um, and working for Fox news, I have to go even further out on a limb on this assumption and state that she's probably pretty uneducated about, about social justice and racial equity. Um, but ultimately, yeah, it reminds me of backlash like that, where these people just come, come out because they have the opportunity to, to say something quickly that makes them, you know, talked about. And it's, it's terrible, but unfortunately it's, it's just a part of people seeking their own, I don't know, their own, their own fame. No, for sure. JB. And, and I think we've seen more examples of this. Um, not just with LeBron James and as it pertains to racial equity, but, you know, I've been trying to follow athletes and mental health. And I, I remember distinctly like, um, you know, quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys a few years back, he lost uh, 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 someone to mental health. As I mentioned earlier, if I'm not mistaken, I believe it was a brother who died by suicide and he cited like mental health and depression. Uh, and grief uh, as some of the, you know, the, the things that were hindering him and, 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 you know, being a problem for him. And it was just like, I mean, it was supportive on one end, but then the other side of the, I, I can't, I can't even say other side of the argument because this shouldn't be an argument, but the, the dark side of, of mental health is that you'll get people saying like, Oh, you're a quarterback. You're the leader. You're the captain of a football team. You know, you should be stronger. You should have more strength. You know, um, this this is weak, so on and so forth. And uh, I feel like we just run into the examples way too much. So, yeah, I don't know. Doesn't sit well, that's for sure. Can I bring up one more example of who I believe to be the greatest modern martyr? And I'm not talking about kill, dying, but in terms of just their career. Um, in Colin Kaepernick, who I think received the most backlash of any athlete taking a stand uh, for social justice in the modern 21st century. I, I, I gotta say for the most part, as a San Francisco 49ers fan, this one hit really close to home for me because I was a huge fan of the Jim Harbaugh, Alex Smith. And then I even was a good, I was a big fan of Colin Kaepernick when they transitioned to him, even though I did have sad feelings about losing Alex Smith, but I generally, I genuinely had felt good about where the team was headed, and I was totally fine with Colin Kaepernick taking a knee to highlight social justice because it's not the first time in the world, shockingly, that a, that an athlete has taken a stand for social justice. And what really, what really got to me is that, and and this is, was a learning moment for me is that a lot of people were just so uneducated about what him taking a knee meant. And thought, you know, it was disrespecting the flag, which is disrespecting the military, which is disrespecting those that have died for this country, which is disrespecting, you know, this country in general, which makes you unpatriotic, you know, so on and so forth down the line. And what a lot of people don't understand and they don't know about the story is that Colin Kaepernick was consulting with a former, I believe, Green Beret or Marine for what what actions he could take to promote social justice like this wasn't even his idea guys this was this this former uh member of the armed forces saying this would be a great and respectful way of demonstrating your opinion on uh on, on a so on a racial uh topic and the other thing that i take i i, I get really uh annoyed with is the fact that people think that the flag was unfurled a giant flag was unfurled at any every NFL game since the beginning of the NFL. No, it started like maybe 10 years ago 
when the NFL signed a contract, I believe with the armed forces or something like that to bring that out. And the players before would just stay in the tunnel or stay in the locker room until game time. So this is not, this has not been something going on for decades. This was a political action, a, a socio-political action that he took that was hard. Like it did not physically harm anybody. Right. And beyond that, it, it was a very true and very real uh, concern. So the fact that he lost his, he, he lost, you know, basically he was dropped by a ton of sponsors. He obviously lost the starting role of the San Francisco, starting quarterback role of the San Francisco 49ers. And by all means, he was struggling at the end of the season. But the fact was that he was still a good enough quarterback to remain in the league and that no team would sign him for years. They wouldn't even let him try out. And he had taken the 49ers to the Super Bowl, right? He was one of the most elite quarterbacks for several years. It boggled my mind because he was certainly better than so many of the backups in the league. I felt that that really stood out to me, and it still does, because I think it's something that for decades we'll be talking about. And I think at this point, what started out as being such a hot-button issue where even, you know, Donald Trump was weighing in, you know, that burning trash can. But I, I it was really the first time that it opened my eyes to, you know, what – what this means and, and how, how, how athletes can take a stand and, and the ripples ripple effects of it. And I, I definitely understand how you feel, Jason, uh, for sure about everything. And I do hate that they all received the backlash for um, either taking a stand or just doing what they feel was right in terms of uh, mental health or bringing awareness to any situation. But what I do like um, is that I do consider all of them uh brave, honestly, and just uh heroes for just taking the stand. Um, with something like that, it, it would never be easy. Um, you know, there'll always be, in my opinion, there'll always be someone um, going against the grain or someone that won't just uh, see things from how you see or your standpoint. But I just like that they all taking the stand to bring an issue to, honestly, mental health that athletes face or just uh, social justice issues that um, athletes face. Um, and again, why, why I hate the backlash, I do think there are uh, bringing more attention to the bigger picture. No, for sure. And I appreciate the energy that's coming about here. And so the one thing I want to ask you guys is this popped into my head the other day. And when Simone Biles came out, uh, you know, I asked myself too, like, I had to take a hard look. Do we contribute to this? I feel like in a way our society contributes to this narrative. And let me explain what that looks like. And I'll, you know, I want to hear what you guys think, but I, you know, so many people on, on social media and just just prominent figures who were commenting on Simone Biles, let's just say things like, you know, Tom Brady would never do that or Michael Jordan would never do that, something along those lines. And when I think about that, uh, I love Kobe Bryant. He is probably my favorite athlete of all time. I cried the day he passed. I remember where I was the day he passed, January 26, 2020. And, you know, when, when you talk about Kobe Bryant, people always talk about like Mamba mentality, which was like this like win at all costs mentality. So kind of what Jordan had people talk about. And then on top of that, we always we always refer to like entrepreneurs or business folks or celebrities who who came from adverse upbringings and they powered through. They have the resilience or whatever. Right. So, I mean, do we contribute to this, guys? Like, you know, I. I don't like to think we do, but I had to take a look. I had to ask myself, like, you know, yeah, you're right. Like, Kobe probably never would have dropped out of the Olympics for mental health. Yeah, Jordan probably never would have. But even if they did, I'd still view them as a goat. I'd still view them as strong people. But I feel like society has bred us to be these these little militant type people to think that, like, you're just supposed to overcome. You're supposed to not be weak and if addressing falling to mental health related issues is considered weak. And yeah, do we contribute to this? You know, I had to take a hard look at that. So I want to hear what you guys think about that. Me personally, I don't think I contribute to it, but do I feel uh, the pressure from uh, people or society that does contribute to it? Yes. Um, Does it affect me? Yes. Um, As I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, that's why I think I was feeling down or sick for the, that week or time I was, because I feel like I was just honestly 
feeling bad about like just myself and just certain points because of society in their pressure. But in all actuality, I wasn't like things aren't that bad and I'm not doing that bad. So again, I don't contribute to it, but I do um, because I do experience uh, depression and anxiety. I do know that I kind of get the effects from it. So you might not contribute to it necessarily, but you sounds like people in your inner circle might contribute to it and therefore that trickles down to you. Uh, yeah. In a way that it probably affects, uh, let's say, uh, one of the athletes that actually decided to just be like, you know what, okay, I, I can't get through this. I need to take a break like Simone. How about you, Jason? I like the way that you put it, Travis, because you got me thinking now and I think I might, I, I don't know, man, you might be having me changing my mind on on this a little bit because I initially thought, you know, we do kind of contribute to this. I think everyone has their role in, um, in, in either endorsing or, or, or opposing mental health and social justice and racial equity. And there's certain lines and certain things that, you know, I admit like there, I, I, I find myself to be a very liberal person and there's certain things that I still find that I have to get used to still, you know, it's hard for me to adjust to certain things. Um, But at the same time, I also want to recognize that there's a lot of people on the, along the way that, you know, they help us and they push us in the right direction. Um, But again, there's a lot of opposing forces and sometimes we're those opposing forces in some of our darkest moments. Um, And although we don't need to, you know, talk about those moments specifically on this podcast, I think there are times where we definitely, you know, as as human beings, we're not perfect, right? So at that point, it's about what we do to, you know, rectify that situation at the end of the day and, you know, be better people. At the same time, though, I do wholeheartedly think now at this point in my life, I am, you know, I, I am much more able to, you know, support mental health topics and, you know, vocalize, you know, my opinion and be a part of, you know, the alliance and, the, and, and allyship that, you know, these communities need, but at the same time, again, society does contribute to this a lot. Like we have a very patriarchal society. It's a very oppressive society to, you know, different cultures and religions and backgrounds and ethnicities. And, um, it's, it's unfortunate. Like there, there are societal, like a lot of these racial programs are societal. They're, they're endemic of, you know, what has, what, how this country was founded, you know, on, on certain principles, and bureaucracy is so slow and social change, unfortunately, is so slow that there's still this, you know, oppre- this oppression and it's it's really tragic. Right. We see it happening all over all over the country. Um, I don't know. And it has me thinking, you know, because I try to be a proactive person, like it has me thinking, like, how do we move forward with something like this? Right. Like, how do how do we as social you know, social advocates like you and me, Andrea, social workers, Travis, working in the ed- world of education. Um, how do we move forward with this? You know, knowing this is going on, what are some action steps we can actively take um, to to make some change, right? Because at the end of the day, what we're doing here right now, we're talking to each other about this and we're sharing our opinions and experiences. But I think beyond that, what's really useful is that this then, you know, is shared with other people, you know, they, it's a learning experience for more than just us. Not only can I learn something from you guys, somebody else can learn something from this and maybe share it with us, right? As people have, like we've gotten really constructive feedback and really great comments on certain topics. So I, I'm really appreciative of the community that, you know, we're reaching right now and how we're kind of creating sort of like a backlash to the backlash, you know, a counter movement to the, to, to, to the opposition. Andrew, no, this is really good. And you know, I think this, I had, a, I had a, long, a long thought in my head while you were talking, JB, and I think this also follows your question of like, how do we move forward? Because I did take a look at it myself and I realized I do contribute to this. Like I, as much as of a mental health advocate as I am, or I strive to be a mental, mental health advocate, I have to recognize I have a long way to go in terms of being an advocate. And I do, like I, I very much gravitate towards those really cool underdog stories of, of, of people overcoming things. Um, so yeah, like Mamba Mentality, uh, Kobe Bryant, I love him, right? Uh, I remember other incidences in sports, like Isaiah Thomas, who was a point guard for the Celtics at the time, where he lost his sister, I believe, played like the very next day, dropped like a ton of points. And those events like cling to me, 
And they should, because I know of how mentally exhausting that must have been, right? I, first off, I just want to interject. Isaiah Thomas deserves a spot on an NBA team. Get this man a contract. Yeah. Back to yes. you, Andrew. I mean, if we, we could sit here all day and, and talk about that because since you mentioned that, Isaiah Thomas and then Jeremy Lin, who's a big mental health advocate, deserves a spot in NBA roster too. But we'll save that for another day because I'm probably the biggest Jeremy Lin fan on the planet. Now, my brain does gravitate to that. I love some of my favorite movies are underdog sports movies where they overcome adversity. They overcome challenges uh, like Rudy. I love Rudy. If you ever watched Rudy about an underdog, you would love it. I love Remember the Titans. That's probably top five favorite movies of all time. Overcoming uh, racism, overcoming uh, prejudice, overcoming your own personal beliefs and opinions and changing that. All fantastic stuff. Now, with Simone Biles and me connecting the dots between this kind of like being strong equals win at all cost mentality, being strong equals overcoming adversity, I kind of had to check myself like, huh, maybe I got it wrong because strength looks a lot different to other people and seeing Simone do that was powerful I that's to me that's freaking strength like it, if it takes strength to overcome your mental health battles to play a game after your sister passed it should take you strength to say no to playing something knowing that people are going to look at you differently and people are going to ridicule you and people are going to scorn you so we have to look at this from both angles, you know, and it forced me to do that. And I think this event made me a better advocate. And I hope that it forces other people to take a look at themselves and ask themselves if they contribute and whether it should push them to be a better advocate as well. Actually, you you just actually forced me to revisit uh, the question. And as I think about it, as I don't contribute to my friends because I try to be supportive to them, but I do contribute in a sense of to my family because I am, and I know this for sure, at times hard, like hard on my sister, hard, hard even on my mom. Like, you need to do this, do this, do that. And she's like, who the hell died and made you my father? <laughs> like... Like, so I just had to, as I listen to it and as I process it, um, I do, I do contribute to it, um, to my family and I don't necessarily always, uh, consider the things that they probably have experienced or the things that they are experiencing. I don't always take their situations into consideration and I just do think I have the best decisions for them. So in a sense of with them, I do contribute to it, but to my friends and to and, and even at work and the clients and stuff, I try to be supportive. Dude, that cracks me up, Travis, because as a therapist, like I can, oh my God, I can tell you, I can't tell you how many times I have sat with a client and empowered them and did some like conflict resolution between them and their family. And then literally go home to my own family and realize I implement zero of that shit part of my french but zero of that shit and i i only get called out from like other mental health folks who work in the field be like well what would you tell your client i'm like ah god damn it you're like ah that cracks me up but i feel you on that we 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 perpetuate this cycle so uh and, and with our own family and with our own friends and sometimes the people who matter most we perpetuate it with them but also, I mean, like, it's a different relationship, right? Like, there's certain things you can take from, like, our work and implement, like, you know, de-escalation tactics for ourselves, using our own cope, learning about our own coping skills, right? But I've also, you know, tried to, you know, bring a lot of coping skills and, and present them to, you know, my fiance and then also my family. And at the same time, they're like, we're not in therapy right now, Jason. Take that shit elsewhere. So there's kind of a fine line you have to walk right and relationships are unique and they're different um going back though to what we were talking about though some solutions right i think absolutely there's some some really some really uh some easy solutions to to a lot of these issues and the first thing is you know taking a stand you know stop stop just being quiet about an issue start learning about it right learn what's going on in the world right now get educated because that can oftentimes be free right? And at the same time, utilizing the knowledge that you're gaining to emphasize these issues, vocalize these issues, highlight these issues, uh, donate to these, volunteer, right? Work in that, work, work in that field. 
there's so much that can be done and it can be so easy and you, you can, it can be such a small commitment or it can obviously be a large commitment, but at the same, at the end of the day, we're all in this together, right? There's only one race at the end of the day, the human race. When we're thinking about this and, you know, talking about what are some solutions, it, it, it can be really simple at the end of the day. It can just be, you know, learn about something new or get some updates on, on some current events and things that are going on, you know, with that knowledge, do something about it. And it can be really simple. It can be done in five minutes, right? You could spend a day doing something. You could spend an hour, 30 seconds even. Make it simple because even just small, simple things add up to, you know, a lot in the long run. I will say though, also, don't engage with the internet trolls because it's just a waste of time. They're not there to actually prove a point. For They're sure. there to make you. If angry. you want to protect your mental headspace, don't engage with internet trolls. It is, you know, it's. Uh, we'll have to save this for that episode because we can go on about like social media internet trolls all day long, and I have a lot to talk about with that, that topic. But you know, I do want to re- re- talk about what you said, JV, and what Travis said too. Was um, number one, I think the solution. It this might not make sense. It's simple, but not easy. Like, I think the very simple solution is, yes, opening your, like broadening your your mind and your spectrum um, and also just taking a hard look at yourself. You know, uh, it's very simple to say that. It, it's not an easy process to do because when's the last time you ever had to take a hard look at yourself? And, uh, you know, Travis is obviously a very well-rounded, all-around good guy. So I can say a statement and he immediately reflects in that moment and says, oh, you made me rethink. You made me reflect. And if we just did that more as it pertains to mental health and these athletes, we'll get a better understanding. Now, like if you're listening, you're well, you're not listening to this if you weren't a mental health advocate to begin with, or at least in that direction. You know, in my pursuit to be a better health, mental health advocate, I hope that everyone listening is also. And when athletes speak up about this stuff, um, number one, it makes me this might be silly, but it actually warms my heart. It really does. As someone who has struggled with mental health, um, like it shouldn't make me feel good because, well, society has made me think that I should just work on my mental health and it's like an individual process and that I shouldn't be, my emotions shouldn't be, I guess, swayed by what happens in the real world. But in all honesty, I'm sorry, I'm getting a little choked up about it. But it really does. It really does help. And so when athletes speak about it, and then when I see my fellow peers and friends and family also vocalize that support, uh, it does warm my heart because I know that I don't feel like, at least I feel supported. So if I ever had to open up about my mental health, in which I have done and I've received a lot of support, uh, I just know that this battle for me is something that I have a lot of troops behind me in if that makes any sense. Absolutely. I think the wor- one of the worst feelings you can ever feel is loneliness, right? You should never feel lonely. You should always have somebody. There's always, there is always somebody. I'm glad that I can call you a close friend, Andrew, and I know that you and I can talk you know, about these things. So, um, Travis, what do you think, bro? Like, where, where's, where's your headspace at with some of these solutions, man? I think you have such interesting perspectives on these things. Like, what, where are you at with that? To sum it up, I mean, for me, I think that the simplest way I can put it is just be kind to others in yourself. Um, yeah, it's just uh, be kind. And it sounds so cliche or cheesy, but for real, it's like uh, you never know what someone is facing or like what someone is going through because they're smiling. Um, uh, smiling or not, you just don't know what's going on, on the inside. So be kind if they tell you that they're not feeling a certain way or just be kind, um, show compassion. And even to yourself, um when when you're not feeling good when you're not feeling your best when you want to take a break but you're afraid of what uh the world or someone else may say because you have to have the mama vitality or you're afraid to be viewed as weak or soft um just be kind to yourself um it, and it's okay just know it's okay to be kind and take a break and just know it's okay for others to admit when they're mentally or emotionally uh not there or yeah not there for sure. I hear you, Trav. 
I want to pose a quick, quick question, and I hope this sounds like it might lead to somewhere else. But um, Trav, I know you mentioned earlier too that you've dealt with your own anxiety and your own depression. Now you don't follow sports much, right? When athletes speak up, does it do much for you? That's question one. Question two is when people in your inner circle also speak up in support because because of the athletes, like when their reaction to these athletes, does it does it strike a chord with you? Does it strike any chord with you? Yes, to both. So the first thing I want to start with the athletes. Um, I, I really do like that they're uh, speaking up because it is making me comfortable, especially as we're just getting started with this. It's, they're really just starting to come out uh, um, expressing their uh, feelings and emotions and just like starting to, uh, um, you know, like uh, withdraw from tournaments and stuff as we get started with the uh, podcast. So they are making me more comfortable, um, to be honest. And with my friends, I, I feel like now that me and my peers were all we're all like um either not if we're not in therapy, we're all experiencing some type of uh mental health challenge. If they're not in therapy, they're still not afraid to vocalize it. And they're all their own they're doing their own things to manage it, like working out, hiking, um and things of that uh sense. So I do like that um with all this going on now that uh, me and my friends can like just sit around and just openly express, you know, the uh, the issues that the issues or the concerns or the challenges that the athletes are facing around their mental health um, and just the awareness and the backlash and, and stuff that they're uh, experiencing. How about uh, you, Andrew or Jason? I do want to make a quick comment. And so there's now my brain is running. Uh, if you're listening to this, and you're here to just be like a better mental health person advocate and you want to be a better supporter to your friends i think you just got a lot of good insight on how to be a better like shoulder a better confidant to your friends someone that they could, that that you could be supportive for here's the other angle too that i have to throw out there sometimes and i catch myself doing this is if you are listening to this and you're someone who has battled through mental health and just it's been a struggle at sometimes I run into this little weird paradox where I'll see peers on social media, like people I've known for a while who are all of a sudden being vocal about mental health and, and they're showing their support. And my initial reaction in my brain before I even feel warmth or comforted, my initial reaction was like, well, where the fuck were you five years ago when I was trying to talk to you? Where the hell were you? years ago when I was trying to battle, you know, and uh, you couldn't make time for me or you couldn't support me. Um, and that's going to happen. So I only may, I only say that. And I, I'm very curious if you guys get that reaction too sometimes. But I only say that because um, I, I realize it's not a very healthy way to approach this issue because people grow, people change, and people are becoming more and more open to these issues, just like I hope society is becoming more and more open to these issues. But I'm not going to lie, and I fully confess Sometimes my brain goes to, yeah, where the hell were you when I was like needing you as a homie? Where the hell were you when I was needing you as a partner? And I had to like learn to abolish those. Well, my head is spinning after, sorry, my head is spinning after the two of you just went, um, wow. Like, I really just appreciate you both getting so genuine right there. Um, I, that's all I really have to say on that. I, I just really appreciate the two of you. No, I appreciate that, JB. And, and, you know, we've got a long way to go. And I appreciate the vulnerability. And, and I think Travis started it when he was talking about, and he was vulnerable at first, uh, which kind of gave me the space to kind of open up about, you know, my battles too. Um, <laughs> in case people forgot, we're 50 minutes in, but we started off this, this episode about sports, athletes, and mental health. And somehow we transitioned all that into racial justice and social justice and, and, and racial equity, and then led into our own personal, uh, our personal battles. That in itself, that summary right there should just tell you how powerful this movement is and how powerful athletes speaking about mental health is, because only in this kind of space can we start off this topic or conversation about athletes and end up talking about our own personal mental health struggles with anxiety or depression or what, and all that stuff. That's how powerful this is. So, you know, it, it's going to force us to, to like swallow our pride sometimes and put ourselves 
put our own selves under the magnifying glass and under the microscope or however the saying goes and take a look at ourselves. You know, do we contribute to this in society and how far can we take society and where can society go? I still think we have a long way to go, even though we've made strides. And I feel like I've said that in every, every time we've clicked the record button and talked. Um, so I just appreciate that people are listening. And like I said, you wouldn't be here if you weren't into mental health and wanting to be an advocate. And so I hope that we're able to better and move forward from this because um, athletes have a platform, athletes battle with mental health. Um, that level of pressure on Olympic stage or championship stage or just a regular game uh, is huge. So I think we have to celebrate that and we have to celebrate the moments where, yeah, Michael Jordan playing while having the flu is fantastic. Uh, other players not playing because their family member passed or something like that, it's still fantastic. And I had to take that hard look at myself. So uh, what are some takeaways for you guys? Any final final feelings on this? I think for me, my final thoughts really are, you know, mental health is real. It affects everybody from, you know, the lowest levels of society to the upper echelons of, you know, socioeconomic status and class. Um, and it's really wonderful to see that more people that have a serious voice and have some serious weight behind them are coming to the forefront and actively talking about these topics and, and being advocates and allies for, for these communities. So I'm genuine, I'm genuinely feeling good about it. I mean, I don't take time to worry about the haters, about the nonsense, there's always going to be that, unfortunately, as, as terrible as it sounds. But the more we can stay focused on the goal, on the message, um, the better off this mo- the, the, this movement will be. Yeah, no, for sure. And uh, I'm glad we're having this conversation and I'm glad we're able to move forward from here. Um, so, you know, I hope everyone enjoyed this. Uh, I hope everyone follows and stays tuned. Uh, stay tuned for, you know, just stay up to date with things that are happening and we can have plenty of other conversations with not just athletes, but celebrities in the music industries, in the film industry, uh, in politics and everything in between. And just regular folks too, like us. I play sports. I, don't, I guess I consider myself an athlete, uh, but you know, it's very heartwarming to see this and we've got a long way to go and I'm just glad everyone's a part of this mission. So, you know, with that, I guess we've reached the fourth quarter here and we would love an overtime so we can keep talking about this, but probably not a good idea because uh we'll just uh keep everyone here all night so no all we do is win baby we don't we don't go to ot all right all we do is win drop the outro that's true take lessons no l's well the only l is take your lessons Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to the Lessons Over Losses podcast. Please like, subscribe, and share our social media pages. Also, feedback and suggestions are welcome. Again, thank you for listening to this episode.